Welcome to the Bad Roman Podcast. On this show, we talk with veterans, community leaders, Christians, and non-Christians as we explore the entanglement of Christians with the state. The Bad Roman Project was created out of the firm belief that as Christians, we are called to follow Christ, not the state. Here is your host, Craig Hargis. Hey, folks. Today, we're joined by Nathan, the host of the Reality Czars podcast. Nathan is also our social media director for the Bad Roman Project. I've been wanting to have Nathan on for a while now to talk about the memes he creates for social media and where his inspiration and creativity comes from. I asked Nathan to come on to talk about that and his podcast. You can always find it very interesting when people start a new podcast to reach a different kind of group searching for liberty with a different perspective. Abby, how are you doing? I'm doing good, thanks. So I know you're familiar with Nathan. We've kind of gone along this journey for about the same amount of time, I think, you know, Nathan kind of took over our Facebook and then added Twitter and Instagram and stuff after TJ passed away because uh, our producer messaged me and asked me if I wanted him to come in and kind of handle that while I was handling that stuff with TJ. And it was a big help as I was kind of watching it from the distance during that week when I was back home with family. And I got home, I asked Nathan to uh, if he would be interested in just kind of handling that full time because it really helped me just focus on the podcast. and. He's been great at it. Nathan, I really appreciate that. How are you doing today? Doing good. It's the weekend. I'm relaxed. I'm drinking some seltzer water. Seltzer water. What does that <laughs> taste like? Uh, kind of like nothing. And this one's uh, <laughs> this one's like a lime ginger mule. That's what it calls it. It's a bubbly water. It's pretty tasty. Is that like is that alcoholic or is it just? Non-alcoholic. No? Yep. So it's not like the, what am I thinking of? What am I thinking of? It's got alcohol in it that has seltzer in it. The know. white claw stuff that everybody's drinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The white claw. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. I don't. I don't drink that garbage either. But I've got a cup of coffee and, and some ice water with me right now. So, well, if I felt like it, I have some scotch sitting right here with me. <laughs> and I, I don't necessarily need the white claw. That's. Uh, I got a buddy that drinks white claw, and I make fun of him all the time. I was like, "Why do you? Why do you do that? It doesn't even taste like anything." I've tried it. I said it doesn't taste like anything. That's why they like it. And it's expensive. Why don't you just go <laughs> get some bush really lights? <laughs> Doesn't make any sense to me. But why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? And uh, then I want to kind of talk to you about the uh, what you do for the Bad Roman, because I think it might be interesting for the listeners who follow our social media to kind of get where your inspiration comes from for the memes, because you will drop some memes or you'll send some stuff to me to kind of okay them if you think they're a little too edgy or something and it's some of this stuff sometimes might, they're risque <laughs> sometimes they're risque and then sometimes i say no and then sometimes i say yes and then i get in trouble with our producers so i take all the blame for that but um but some of the stuff you'll some of the stuff that you'll drop i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> you'll send it to me and i'm like i don't know what this means what are we talking about here so you have to send me a link so i can read the link to get caught up on the meme but is that how you kind of come about it? You're just kind of watching everything going on out there? I pay way too much attention to pop culture and what's going on with politics. <laughs> and uh, yeah, well, my name is Nate. I am a father and a husband and a Christian and an agorist and a truther. And I spend the majority of my time. I'm also a chef, so I cook 
professionally, but uh, I have a weird job where I'm allowed to have a headphone in the entire time. So the majority of the time I'm listening either to the radio or podcast and trying to catch up on what's going on in the world. And um, uh, I just spend too much time online and started getting obsessed with politics. And uh, I started making memes just to vent and just to have fun and just to laugh. And I ran into the bad Roman and one of the memes you'd made, I liked the concept, but I didn't like it. To me, it looked clunky. And so I remade it for you and I sent it to you. And that's how we, I think that's how we met. Well, I I think, I think so, but I think there's another, I I keep remembering this other event that we met because, or this, the other, it was in the Anarcho Christian group and yeah, I, yeah. You had I made a said, post and I asked if I could turn it into a meme. That's what I remember because yeah. this guy was like, if you don't like it, you can leave it. One of those types. And I was like, but I'm not interested in being becoming a victim of American foreign policy. And I thought it was funny. A lot, a lot of people thought it was funny. And I shared it in, the, <laughs> in that group and you saw it. And, hey, can I make a meme? And you made a meme. And that's kind of that's how I remember us getting to know each other yeah. a little bit. And I think as time went on, I was like, because I didn't have time to sit down and try to figure I don't know how to make a meme. So trying to sit down and, and make a meme was not something I had time to do. And then I asked you to kind of do it. And then, like I said, when then after T-Day passed, you started doing it over on full time. And it's been really helpful. It's very creative, actually. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun, man. I mean, I was probably just I was probably like five, six months into making memes when I first ran into you. So um, it's been I've learned a lot working for the Bad Roman and making memes for the Bad Roman. So. I've been growing as well as the page has been growing. So that's been a lot of fun. Well, you have a, you've, you've played a big role in, in, in our audience growing as well. I mean, because it's always strange to me. I mean, memes were funny to me. You know, you, you'll see one, you're just, it's just, it's just funny stuff, but it's always funny how a meme can talk to somebody over like a podcast is going to people are going to understand a meme better. And I always find it interesting. I don't, I don't get it so much. I'd rather listen to somebody yell in my ear, but <laughs> It's just it's kind of like a non-intrusive, interesting way that somebody can absorb an idea and um, it can do a lot. You know what I mean? It can like really light a fire and drop, well, drop a red pill if you want to use that sort of, you know, it can change minds or it can also uh, make someone re pretty hard and uh, ruin their day. Well, it makes, I think it makes them have to go kind of research it. And we could run their day too, because if they, if they do kind of go and back and research what the meme's talking about, then it might change their perspective. Or they're going to, you know, I've seen it happen as well on the page too, where it'll stir up, some of them will stir up some stuff. And what, like I told you a long time ago, I said, just stop commenting on it. Yeah, I've had to. Because, because the, the thread's going to take care of itself at some point. You know, I learned that from Stephen from Anarcho Christian because if I wanted to engage everybody that was coming on there and commented at the very beginning, I was like, I've got it figured out. And then, but I asked Stephen one time, I was like, I noticed you don't really engage some of these folks on your page. He goes, every once in a while, he said, but I don't have to. He said, because the thread takes care of itself. And and, 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 and he's right, it, it does take care of itself. So I will, I will read them. Anybody listening to this know that I am reading these comments. I'm sure Nathan is reading these comments too. And I know our producer reads them because she'll text me sometimes <laughs> and talk to me about some of the thread going on. But um, yeah, the, those, those, those conversations are being read. I don't read all the conversations. That would make me crazy. <laughs> I told Abby the other day, I said, it's funny because for some reason I'll be scrolling through Facebook and I'll see a post but at the bottom, you can see like 
people commenting before you even cl- click on the comment part of it. And I always see Abby's name in these comments. And it happens so much on my thread, and I don't know why. Because she's, but she says she doesn't read comments, but she will engage people. So it's it's always fun to me for me to see Abby engaging people. If we could get her to do it on the page, some that would be fun too. <laughs> she's, she's doing enough. For I the do it every now and then. It's something has to catch my attention, and I have to be in the right mood and have some free time to go back and forth with somebody. Some days it's just like you know, what I have other stuff to do. Well, sometimes the stuff can last for days too. Have y'all ever noticed that with these threads? They'll go on for days. Like you'll wake, you'll go to sleep and you'll wake up and people are still talking about it. Cause my hours are completely different than most people I know. You know, I'll get, I'll get to bed about five thirty, six o'clock in the morning, sleep till two or two thirty, eight, eight and a half hours all day. This stuff's still going on. And I'm going like trying to, you know, and I finally, I'm like, Abby, I'll just give up. I don't care. I've lost interest <laughs> at this point. Well, a lot of these people, they just, these are the type of folk that like the smell of their own farts kind of thing. They just, they just want to get up there and just, <laughs> they want to tell us how wrong we are. Those are my favorites. Yeah, they're they're fun. I had, that, that's interesting <laughs> that you brought that. I got an email from this guy the other day, and I meant to share. I went to send it to, to Abby, but um, he emailed our podcast email, and he had listened to our. Uh, I guess he's a friend of Benji Graves. I've had Benji Graves on way back in the beginning, and he goes, "I listened to it from the beginning." And he goes, "Y'all are completely wrong." And just and he went on this like this entire rant of Emma. It was so long, and I was I was just kind of waking up, getting ready for work, and I was kind of reading through it. And I'm like, I'm not reading all this. I'm not going through this whole thing. I mean, I appreciate the the engagement, you know, their interaction. But so I responded to what I could could at the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah and then yeah, he yeah. sent me another <laughs> book. <laughs> And I was like, I can't read all this. I've got to go to work. And all this was the next day, actually. And I had to get ready to go to work again. So I finally said, I was like, listen, man, I work six, seven days a week this time of year. He said, I'm not interested in listening to any more of your podcast. Okay. <laughs> I said, okay. I said, I, I said, I can't make you. I said, but if you, you, you seem to have questions and we have answers for you in this podcast, if you'll just go through it. I recommended some of the shows. I recommended some books. Um, and he goes, no, I'm not. Basically, he's just not interested. And I said, okay, well, have a good day. I said, I can't do anything. Yeah. I mean, we can put the content out there for you. You can disagree with one show, but there's we're at 50 right now. There's 49 other shows you can go find some information on. You know, so it's not you. You could you could find the answers to your questions. I, I mean, I could tell you, but you're not going to listen to me anyway. That's obvious, and I think that's the same thing we see on social media. You could drop link after link after link. Of, of information for folks and if it does not going on up here with them then it doesn't matter i love i love my fellow autists out there but uh that's what that sounds like to me if i mean it doesn't sound like he even knew how to like really interact with you he's like you're wrong and then like wrote you a book like that's that's not how you're gonna get interaction that's not how you're gonna get my attention or get me to read what you have to say uh <laughs> he used all the same scriptures that are used against Christian anarchists. So I wasn't hearing anything new from him. Like he wasn't revealing something new to me that I had not heard before that I hadn't studied before. So it was, I'm not trying to sound rude when I say this, but I wasn't completely interested in this conversation. You know, I'll, I'll engage you for a little bit, but if you're going to tell me that you're not interested in learning more then I can't help you. Hey folks, Craig here. And I'd like to let y'all know we are always looking for writers to contribute to our blog. 
I don't care if you have any experience or not. Two or three of our contributors had no prior experience writing, and it turns out they have a real knack for it. Our project coordinator helps them put the articles together, and she publishes them on our website and Facebook page, and you will also have the option to come on the show and go more in-depth about your article. So if you like what we're doing at The Bad Roman and would like to try your hand at writing, then send us an email at thebadromanpodcast at gmail.com. We're having a blast with this project, and we would love for you to join us and help him promote it. Now back to the show. But anyway, we're kind of living in a cool time right now. It, it kind of sucks in a, in a lot of ways, but we're seeing a lot of things going on right now. Yeah, cool time is a weird way of describing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm talking about with what we're seeing. To, to me, all right, at the time of this recording, I don't, I don't know how much you are following this stuff going on in Canada. I don't really know. The way I see it is a bunch of statists running around out there, waving their flags, trying to change the government and get the government uh, to give them back their freedoms. That's what I see. But I also see a bunch of people trying to, that they're, they're waking up to what's going on. So the best thing that I can say is this. It's like, as much as we make fun of our patriot, you know, wing of the libertarians, and we kind of, you know, whatever you want to call them, America first, patriot, like Donald Trump type of folks, <laughs> we give them, we, you know, we give them a lot of crap. But uh, to be honest, man, where else have we seen any resistance at all? I see ANCAP sitting on their butts. I see, you know, Agris doing their own thing. Like Agris, like we're using cryptocurrencies. We're making our own counter markets over here. We're like trading and selling and stuff, but we're not really paying attention to uh, like culture in general because that's kind of what, you know, that's libertarians. Uh, we don't play well with others, right? So uh, I see those patriots, man. I got to say that um, I'm glad that there is some pushback. I'm glad to see them fighting back. So, all I was saying is like as much crap as I see that we give uh, those patriot folks, those those flag wavers, um, I see it can I see them at least organizing and I see them at least pushing back. And maybe you're right that they are fighting and begging for the government to give them back something. And so maybe that's the wrong approach. But I think that we could probably learn a couple things from them. No, I agree. I mean. I've been in this convoy to Ottawa public group on Facebook. The reason I joined it is because I kind of want to watch what's going on and read what's what these folks are saying, that people that are on the ground there, you know. So, And I told, I made a post in there. I was like, y'all just need to be careful. I said, because this is going, you're going to have politicians that are going to try and infiltrate your movement right now. We saw it with the Tea Party here. And, and they agreed with me for the most part, you know. But, you know, then they were like, well, how are we supposed to, I don't know, they're just seeking the... Uh, See, that's the hardest thing, man, is because you know how many Fed infiltrators are down there. Like uh, there, there's been a couple of times I think they've been caught, too. There was a guy that was down there at the trucker thing. Right. And he was waving a Nazi flag. And everyone was like, that guy's not with us. And they, and you can actually point him out because they're dumb enough. Not I don't know why they haven't learned this yet. They're not listening to us. They all wear the same boots. They all wear these same black, <laughs> like like military given like uh boots and people pointed him out and shoved him out of the thing they said he's not with us so like there's there is like agitators out there that are definitely fed infiltrated they want to paint this as like racist xenophobic this that and the other whatever catchphrase you want to make it and it's really just normal folks pushing back saying keep that crap away from me i don't want to take it yeah and i saw the, the 
I listened to a, a statement by the, the prime minister. I can't even pronounce it. Was it Trudeau? Justin Trudeau. Is that how yeah. you say it? Was the, I was listening to something, and he's just basically calling all these people short of racist, basically, you know, white nationalists and, and stuff like that. And they're going against the truth, but the, the, how they're not being peaceful. But if you if you've watched the video during this commentary, these people are out there helping folks that are homeless. They're out there building. They're about there feeding people. Yeah, man. They're out there having a good time. And there's not just white people out there either, too. That's what's that's what they're not telling talking to you about. There's people from all walks of life there. I mean, it's going to be a majority white people because they're in Canada because <laughs> <laughs> that's Canada. But uh, no, yeah, man, they are. They're actually like they are feeding people. They're feeding the homeless. They're feeding like, yeah, they're it's not what it's painted. It's not how it's being portrayed at all. Now, so if you've been paying attention to this, I'm curious. And I asked Abby about this last week when we recorded. Um, do you have do you know what their goal is to send all these truckers and farmers to sit there in the middle of the city? I mean, what I, so all I know is what I've heard. And I, I've talked to a couple of friends of ours that are in Canada. And uh, basically what it was is Trudeau had, uh, had said that if you're not vaccinated, you can't come into Canada. And I think they, I think he might've even said, you can't even travel between provinces if you're not uh, vaccinated. And then he said to the truckers, all truckers have to be vaccinated. And so it, this was also American truckers. They can't go into Canada to drop anything off if they're not vaccinated. Um, and so he was creating like, we're already in some crazy shortage, you know, all this, you know, supply chain. I think it's all, you know, manufactured, but whatever you want to call it. Uh, this was going to put an extra big, you know, stick in the spokes. And uh, then the truckers were, I mean, I think it's more than half of the truckers in at least the United States, more than half the truckers, like 60% of them aren't vaccinated. So uh, what are you going to do? But what are they doing setting, just setting there? Are they just sitting there in the city, just kind of locking it down, like turning the tables? They're they're locking it down as far as I know. I think they might be like clogging up streets on purpose. And I think they're also, because uh, I've heard people can't like, get and go places I'm, I'm i'm you know i'm not there on the ground but um they're also not shipping anything so they're like they're putting a halt to shipping in general right now they're just doing a massive strike okay so maybe that's their goal i mean i don't know it's interesting too this with the the whole gofundme thing they raised over 10 million dollars and then i guess the one of the police chiefs or something there came out and said that I don't know what he said, but then GoFundMe is like, we're not going to give them this money. They started refunding people's money. And now there's this other site, the uh, Go Send Go or something. That's a Christian-based site, I think. But they've raised, in the last 24 hours, they've raised over $3 million for these truckers. So I saw a meme the other day that, and I don't know if it's accurate, but they've got enough money to sit there for two to four years if they want to. And I think that's interesting, too. You know, We talk about civil dis disobedience all the time. They're clogging up the streets, but they're not hurting anybody that I can tell physically. And they're just putting a stop to the production. No, not directly. Not direct. I mean, I, you know, if you're if you're or trying to order food or something and you can't get it. I mean, I don't I'm not one of those people that think that that's a violation of the nap or something. But that does that uh, does, you know, definitely affects you. But I think that's the reason why they're trying to do that. You know, I think that if there was no effect and yeah, what's the point? I agree. Nathan's co-host, he joined us a little late, so he's coming in a little late right now. So this is Tony, the uh, co-host for the uh, Reality Czars podcast.
it's not actually any violence. It's just a matter of they're not doing their job or, or they're not doing this particular function, which is a very important part of society. And they have every right not to do that. Just like you have a right not to do your work, whatever that is. So if you want to play devil's advocate, like I was listening to, we were talking to a guy, what, Tony, a couple nights ago, uh, smart dude. He doesn't think that this is like, a, what's, what's, a, he doesn't think this is really a grassroots movement. He thinks that a lot of those truckers are there for the right reasons. He thinks that there are a lot of people there that think they're there to, to, you know, to protest this, but he thinks that this is a, another big push, uh, for the deep state in a lot of ways. Cause he's, and I think he, I think he might be right. Um, like Elon Musk is pushing really hard trying to make these, uh, automated self-driving trucks. And so I think that this is going to be looked at like a January 6th event maybe. And they're going to be like, we can never allow this to happen again. And so we can't afford to have physical drivers in these trucks. And this could be a big push, a really big push just to get automated truckers going. Right. And put federal funding into it. That makes a lot of sense. And because I was going to say, instead of just sitting there waiting for the government to change their minds, wouldn't it be more effective if they just kept doing their job unvaccinated? And it's like if people didn't want to accept their shipments or whatever because they were unvaccinated, then it's like too bad for you. But on the other hand, I can see that not making like as big of a splash. Not that a lot of leftist news is reporting about this anyways. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that is interesting. I mean, that would have been one way to get around it is just keep doing your job and just say, okay, what's your enforcement? Are you going to stop all of us? We're just doing our jobs. And then all of a sudden, de facto, those laws don't mean anything anymore because they're unenforceable. Well, also, uh, the majority of those, like, I think you mentioned a while ago, Nathan, the majority of those truckers are vaccinated. And they're still going up there and, and fighting or doing this 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 protest with the, the unvaccinated truckers because they made a choice to get vaccinated and that's fine, but they don't think anybody should be forced to do it. And they're, so they're all kind of it's I think that's pretty cool to me because you don't you haven't seen that a lot with the unvaccinated versus the vaccinated going on right now. Usually they're at each other's throats about it. Well, you got these folks that are vaccinated and unvaccinated and they're joined together in a cause to stop the government from forcing people to get vaccinated. To me, that's kind of cool. Well, you see, those were normal people that decided <laughs> to get vaccinated. Those aren't the COVID idiots. Those aren't the ones that are like in the religion of COVID-19. You know, those are the ones that like uh, they got their COVID-19 jab as like, I mean, that was almost that was a religious thing. And that was like uh, like a sacrifice to to their God almost. And so the fact that you're walking around without it, you're a heretic, you know. And so those are the people that you can't talk to. I mean, there's just some normal folks that just, you know, they watched the news and the news told them to get it. And so they did it, you know, and it wasn't like a. You know, it was it wasn't religious for them. Yeah, if you don't have access to alternative media, I can understand why you would want to get the vaccine. Like you've been locked down for two years in this plague time, and you just buy into the narrative, and you're like, "This will keep me safe. I won't get COVID if I get this." We found out that that's not true. I won't want to. I don't want to spread COVID, so I'm going to get this. Found out that that's not true. The saying that it makes the symptoms better when you get it. That may or may not be true, depending on whether you believe them now. But yeah, like, I can see a lot of people who just got vaccinated out of default reality. 
And now they're like, wait a minute, we still don't get back to normal? That was the deal. Well, how many times are you going to do a rain dance? It's still, the sun is shining. You're not getting any rain, so. And they tell you, yeah, you just have to do this and then it's over. Okay, now one more thing. Okay, now one more thing. Okay, and it's like, eventually people have to be like, I don't trust you anymore. You just have to dance harder. <laughs> just dance. one more booster. <laughs> just dance one harder. <laughs> just a half a job. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where it ends. In, in Israel, didn't they, they started giving people four shots now, right? They're four shot. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. I, I, I'm of the belief, too, that a lot of people are too afraid to eat crow. And that's just, I don't know if y'all are familiar with that saying, but they're afraid to admit they were wrong. But I, and I talk to these folks, I'm like, listen, I'm going to have more respect for a person that comes out and says, you know what? I was wrong about this. Something's something's nefarious going on because it's not making any sense. I was wrong. Okay. Well, how many angry emails do you want to get? Depends on how much time I got to read them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm of the opinion that, okay, now this, I'm not going to say that COVID is not real. COVID is clearly a, some sort of virus or whatever you want to call a virus, but I don't think that this was even a bad flu. I don't I don't think that this was anything worse than any other year. I think the people that are in charge had the ability to tell us what people died of and they had the ability to use the numbers and they had the ability to uh, spin the numbers any way that they wanted. Like, let's say three years ago, your grandmother had cancer. She had diabetes and she had the flu and she died. They're not going to tell you she died from the flu. This is the way that they push these numbers. When when all this stuff finally comes back and they start telling you things like throughout the United States, the average age of people that died were 81. You know, the the average age of death is 79 in the United States. So like you can you can look at that and say like, all right. And then if you also look at it, the vast majority of deaths had like three or four comorbidities. And so we can just look at this and say, what in the actual heck? Why did we shut down the entire planet for this? And I think that there was something bigger involved. And this was just like, I also think that it's a complete psyop when people start talking about like some lab leak theory. Like if this was a manufactured virus from a from a laboratory they messed up because <laughs> this this was not even a bit this wasn't even a good one we should have seen some serious numbers if i think it's it's all a joke dude and we see fauci fighting with uh well, we see Fauci fighting with Rand Paul. And we see them having these big bouts and i just see it as more circus trying to distract us well yeah i have a theory about that why it's not as dangerous as it was first reported. I think that if you were doing testing on humans, which, I mean, okay, that's a speculation, but you'd be using prisoners. You'd be using people who have not good nutrition, haven't seen sunlight in a while, very low vitamin D levels, and you're exposing them to this virus. And you start seeing them dropping. You're like, hey, this is a pretty good virus. And then you release it into a healthy population, people who have a will to live because they're not imprisoned, then it might not do as well. And I think that a lot of times um, it's kind of like a Nazi scientist, my, my idea of like Nazi science, where they were testing on these prisoners. And I mean, immorality aside, which it certainly was, I think it's really bad science because you're testing on people who just they have no more reason to live. They've been through every hell that you could possibly put them through. And they're going to die off a lot faster than someone in the field who are 
trying to live because they want to go back home. They got people counting on them. I mean, maybe they need to test on a healthier population if they're testing on people. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like they thought it was going to be really bad and we're disappointed. So they had to start making up numbers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like they just wanted, like, they tested on a couple of people who are about ready to die anyways. They're like, this shit's great. It's killing a lot of people and happy thought. Yeah, what I see this more of, man, is I honestly think this this was like more of a psychological test than it was any sort of medical or viral test. Wanted to see just how far we would comply. And man, did we bend over backwards for him. Oh, yeah. It worked like a charm, too. It worked like a charm. There's a local feed store here, and that's where I go get some of my pet supplies. And they've always been really cool about people walking in without a mask on. And 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 I was in there the other day, and they they they've always had this thing on the front door: CDC guidelines, you know, or or are observed here or something like that. But I'd go in there; they weren't wearing a mask and stuff. Well, when this Omicron thing came out, all of a sudden everybody in that store's got a mask on. I saw a lady in there with two masks on. I'm walking around with my face shining in front of everybody, just smiling big. But I was surprised to see like the people the people that I that I know just talking to before being in there are covering their face again. You know, it's like you're they're starting to get away, then all of a sudden you, you see the meme where the people where they got the lady screaming, send out the Omicron or, or whatever, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like that's what happened, and then all of a sudden they start covering their face again. It's funny to me too, because especially in an area like where you live, I mean, are there mask mandates where you're at? Do they not anymore? We'll see. I, Shelby County was the where Memphis is. I moved out of Shelby County. I'm in Fayette County now, where Oakland, Tennessee is. But yeah, Oakland dropped their mask man- mandates a long time ago. Shelby County was trying to hold on to them, and then the state of Tennessee came out and passed a law that counties cannot mandate masks anymore. Good. Shelby County went to the governor of Tennessee and said, "Can we mandate masks?" And he said, "No." Good. But the state's still saying that if if schools want to do it, I've got a, a coworker. He's got. I think he's got six or seven kids. I mean, he's got a he's got a, a litter. But anyway, they made the, his kids get this vaccine to go to school. <gasps> You're kidding? Nope. And he uh, and he's he's dead set against this vaccine. Okay, God, he's man. his wife got oh. it. He's not going to get it that I know of. But yeah, he he told me his kids had to take, to to have in person schooling. To me, that's the most tragic thing. I told my kids if the school tried to do that, I would take them out of school and they weren't very happy. And I'm like, you know what? You can do the testing. It's up to you. You can do the masks. It's up to you. But the vaccine is no longer up to you. I'm not. I'm not going there. I mean, in Minecraft, if my kids schooled, I'd burn it to the ground. (laughs) Uh, Well, see, that's what I've I've said this a hundred times now. I think if I had children, I'd be locked up right now. I'd be in jail. I, there's not a doubt in my mind because I know how how my mind works, and I, I, I applaud you know parents that have not been gone to jail yet. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't have that type of restraint because I do know if I had a child, and I you see these pictures coming out any, anymore. There's another one going around right now. All these children in this in this class are masked up, and there's just ladies sitting there right there in front of them, just smiling without a mask on. This stuff is starting to make me angry, and I'm telling you, if I had children. I'd be in jail right now because I would not. Yeah, that, I'm telling you right now because if, if I was sending my kids to school and they were making them get a mask or if they try to put a vaccine in them, no, 
It ain't happening. Like maybe what was that? Ten minutes ago, I was like giving the Patriots a pat on the back. Now I'm going to now I'm going to rip them a new one. So (laughs) those same folks. So you're in an area where it's not, you know, you're not uh, forced by law or whatever it is or by mandate. It's not really a law uh, to wear those masks. And, you know, nine out of ten of those people that you go you that you live with in that county were, you know, red voters probably, right? Most of them were Republicans, voted for Trumpkin, the whole yeah. the whole thing. And they are choosing out of fear to wear two masks to go into the to go into the farm store. You know, and I find that really despicable. I also find it really despicable. Uh there's a bunch of patriots up here and they they did the whole like force vax on all the teachers, right? Up here in Oregon. And I live in a real, like, rural red area, and uh, they'll sit there and whine about it, and they'll say how terrible it was that these local teachers were fired. And then they'll sit there and complain about the public schooling, and, like, not for not for one second, they don't think, like, hey, each one of us could pay 50 bucks a week. We could hire some of these teachers. We could start a homeschool pod. We could take our kids out of this government indoctrination camp that they're starting to teach them about like weird things that we don't want them to do. So why don't we take our kids out of this hellhole system? Why don't we pay some of those teachers that align with our, you know, with our values and decided not to get the jab? Why don't we start our own system? And meanwhile, your friend, he had his seven kids get vaxxed so that they could go to public school and get indoctrinated. It's garbage. It's crap. And I hate it. (laughs) Yeah. Like they hate socialism so much, but they're definitely all about the public schools and the military. So make sense of that somehow, I guess. Yep. Hey folks, Craig here again. As you know, this project is completely self-funded by me and all profits go straight to charities here in Memphis. If you have a blog, a podcast, or a product that you would like to advertise on the Bad Roman Podcast, the first 15 folks to sign up for four ad spots with us will get a fifth spot for free. Visit thebadroman.com slash ads. I'm so happy how this project has grown and thanks for listening. Now let's get back to the conversation. I want to change the subject just a little bit because I like your podcast because you talk about a lot of stuff that I don't hear very often. So it's really cool to me. But you, like I said, when you make the memes, you're it's like you've got your finger on something going on that I don't know is going on. Have you been paying? I mean, I'm going to talk to Scott Horton about this too, but have you been talking or seeing anything about this, like this Ukraine and Russian thing? Because I'm really kind of curious if it's, if it's just posturing by Biden or we fixing to go to war again. So I've been paying attention to what's going on in Ukraine for a few years now. I mean, obviously I, I'm actually having Scott Horton on uh, later in this month too. And I, I was actually going to talk uh, Ukraine with him because obviously if you have questions with what's going on in the world, Scott Horton is the man to talk to. I'm just really kind of curious if it's a if it's posturing by Biden, like if it's just because you know he like he he, he they they killed that that terrorist in, in Syria the other day, but didn't did talk didn't talk about all the children and women that were that were murdered in this in this airstrike. You know what I'm saying? Was it an airstrike that they killed this guy with? I think so. Yeah, I, I don't. I wasn't paying attention when that happened, but I know exactly what you're talking about. That they supposedly killed this ISIS leader, and then other people are saying that no, he wasn't, or you know, or- because when you see a president's numbers start dropping like his are, they're plummeting. 
they start talking about going to war with somebody. Well, it happens every single time. Yeah. Every freaking time. And I think and I'm wondering if that's what's happening right now with 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 Ukraine and Russia, because to, to me, it doesn't look like Russia is really interested in getting into a war with anybody. But I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they are. Well, you have to look back at the history. So it, it's not an easy question. It's not an easy answer, rather. So you have to look back at the history of like uh, this was Reagan and this was man, who was that old dirty Russian uh, whoever it was at the time, Gorbachev, they had made uh, an agreement that NATO was never going to go east of Germany and that Russia or the USSR was never going to go west of Germany. So they had split Germany and they said, this is Eastern Europe. This is Western Europe. Like USSR won't go this way. NATO won't go this way. And since then, NATO has just rapidly expanded and taken all of those little tiny countries that used to be part of the USSR. And Russia wants kind of like a buffer zone. They want a little bit of a safety zone because every single one of those NATO countries can be completely filled with like uh, nukes for deterrence purposes and things like that. And it kind of, it puts Russia in this like really vulnerable state. And so they're saying they finally drew a line in the sand and they said, look, Ukraine is it. You're not going to go into Ukraine. If you try to make Ukraine part of NATO, we will we will fight to the death. So that's sort of where this is. That's kind of like the history of it. And so since then, the CIA has propped up all types of crazy type of like militias and weird movements in the Ukraine. We were actually funding full on brown coat, actual called themselves Nazis in the Ukraine. And we actually helped take over uh, the Ukraine, kick out the, the current government and install those Nazis because they were they were very nationalist and anti-Russian. And that's what we wanted. We wanted a government in there that was very anti-Russian. So we thought maybe we could get them to join NATO. That's the history behind this. So what Joe Biden is doing, he has some weird ties between Russia and Ukraine. Um, it, it's interesting, man. I, is he trying to deflect, trying to get his his uh, popularity up? Probably. Is something actually going to come of this? I don't really know, man. It, it's really funny to me that America is starting to I don't I don't know if we still really are the big bully on the stage like we act like we are. Because it seems like we've kind of turned tail a few times. Like in Afghanistan, we really showed our ass and, and left. And uh, I don't know what's going on in the Ukraine, man. Okay, I was just, I, I was just, I'm just really kind of interested in, in why is Biden? Why are we sticking our nose in? We always have to because we're the big dumb jerk. <laughs> we're the big bully in the in we're the big bully on the recess yard right now. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, I know it doesn't make sense to you guys either, but. I just it's not something I follow along with. And it, it was funny because I was sitting in my break room at work and I mentioned this all the time. Fox News is on one of the televisions and this guy, he's a big Trump supporter sitting next to me. And there's no sound, but you can watch the captions going on. They were talking about Ukraine and Russia. And he goes, boy, he goes, man, those Democrats sure do like war. And I looked at him and I didn't say nothing. Let's let him have it because he's right. They do like war. But he's he's ignoring the fact that Republicans like war, too. And he was ignoring the fact that Trump did not it, like he still continued these wars while he was in office. He can he continued the genocide in Yemen while he was in office. You know, he ignored he ignores that. So the best thing to do is just kind of agree with him. You're like, you're absolutely right. 
and then kind of let them expound on that and try, and try to like draw out of them like why don't you like war and try to try to find a principal position like where they're coming from and then later when a republicans in office you can you can try to hit them with the consistency thing but it probably won't work it won't but then because then he'll start talking about how secure our border is because uh trump secured the border I'm like you do know he's locking <laughs> kids in cages right but we had a secure border. I said, I don't know, man. It doesn't sound very Christ-like to me to lock kids in cages. He goes, and he didn't say nothing else. And we were getting off a break anyway and going back to our presses. But <laughs> that's how I, that's how I talk to him anymore. I'm like, I don't know. What would Jesus do? A certain Republican I talked to recently was like, oh, the kids in cages thing is such propaganda. Most of those people who are crossing the border aren't even related to those kids. So I would rather my kid be in a cage than be sex trafficked. It's like, okay. (laughs) See, there is a very unfortunate thing that was happening there was that if there were, if you had a kid with you, they were just letting you go because they had made some sort of rule that like they couldn't keep the kids with the parents in a detention center because there was adults and kids and they were afraid of like adults abusing kids. So then they actually had to separate the kids. And so they were putting kids in in a kid center and adults in an adult center. And, but for a while, um, especially under Obama, if someone showed up, with kids, they were just saying, all right, go. And so a lot of times there were traffickers and or there were just like drug mules and things like that that were straight up kidnapping kids and taking them with them because then they could just get chewed. They just get past the border. I don't disagree with that, but it's like it's first of all, a direct response to how the system is operating the border. And second of all, I don't think the cages are the best solution still. <laughs> Call me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we just need to get rid of all drug laws and we need to get rid of the, you know, borders in general and we won't have these issues. Yeah, that's another thing is the borders. I don't understand why people have a problem with people, other folks just kind of trying to make a better life for themselves. Because if they made it legal for these these folks to come work in the United States, you would, I don't think, I think it would cut down on the human trafficking and the, and the kidnapping. Absolutely. They would be bringing their own children over. I was like, all right, let's go get a job. We can feed our children over here. Because if you look at it right now, there's a lot of Americans out there that don't want to work. They don't want their, they've decided to stay home since this COVID stuff has started because they're getting, they're still catching, catching a check from the government, you know? So why go to work? Well, these same people, these same like uh, right wingers that, that demonize people that are trying to come over here. What they don't realize is this capitalist system that they love so much or this crony capitalist system that they love so much. Those corporations, uh, they make agreements with the government. They bring uh, those people over here because they want cheap labor. So it, this is something this is something way bigger. And this is why, like, you, you'll see the government cracking down on the border, I guess, and attacking some migrants or something. But what you won't see is. Uh, the government attacking those companies for hiring those people. If they were actually trying to hold some of those those companies accountable for it, you'd actually see way less illegal migration because it's those companies that are like that are bringing these people over. But they'll crack down on on like the small restaurants. Yeah, I don't know where I work. We've got a we've got a bunch of folks from. Uh, well, last year it was Venezuela. And now, now it's Venezuela again this year. There's this girl that's where my press is. There's an inspection machine right behind it where she takes what I print and she inspects it. And her and her husband work there. And her husband was gone for two or three 
almost two months, I think. I was like, where's, where's he been? And she goes, she goes, he's on vacation. That was the first answer. And then later on, she's like, he's trying, basically he was trying to get his, his work visa right. So he'd come back to work. So the basically they were living off of one income while he was trying to get that straight. And she's like, I need overtime. You know, we work a ton of overtime. Anyway, she's one, like if they cut us loose early or they give us a Saturday off, she goes, no, I need to work. I need to work. You know, it's that, that, that type of stuff. You know, if he was at work, she wouldn't be so worried about, you know, missing that second income, you know. And, and they're sweet people. They're, they're so sweet. And I don't understand why we, why we treat them like garbage. You know, I just, I don't get it. I, I hate the stuff I hear people saying, you know, that, that are surrounding me. And I don't engage them anymore because it just makes, it just, it doesn't do any good. I lived in Arizona for a long time and it's really, really bad there. Like I've literally heard people say, we should just set up people along the border with guns. And if you start shooting them when they come over, then they'll think twice about it. Like, like it's really bad there. I think they used to do that, didn't they? There was like groups of people that would call themselves the watchmen or something like that. And they would just sit there and shoot people. It reminds me of something that's kind of similar. I think this, uh, this guy used to work at where I'm at. He's, uh, he's retired now, but he said, if there, if I ever see a Muslim with a backpack on, I think we all just start picking them off. This is a professing Christian. And I mentioned it to somebody on, in one of our groups and they said, well, how does he know he's a Muslim? <laughs> I was like, That's a great question. <laughs> a great kind of back- question. You have to ask a few questions first, give him a little interview. <laughs> his faith. I don't think if he looks like a Muslim, he's got a backpack on. We might as well just drop him right there because he's got, he's up to, he's, he's up to, uh, Bad things, apparently. Oh, man. I'm so sick of people acting like that. You know, it, it, it seems to be getting worse with the, with the division that's going on in the country, too. Demographically, evangelicals are like the top demographic group to be in favor of war, to be in favor of uh, capital punishment, and to be in favor of torture. And like all of these things, evangelical Christians are like the number one group to be in favor of all those things. Isn't it just? It boggles my mind. I feel like I want to get to the bottom of how that can be possible. I'm curious, too. Because you think like, well, if they're just like, I don't know, influenced by the world and caught up in politics, then you would see them being the same as everybody else. But they're way worse. So how does that happen? Because they were sold a bill of goods with the, the like the red button that, that Keith Giles talks about, the, the abortion, yeah. you know, the abortion issue. And then once you lock, you lock them in with this abortion issue. Then you can lock them into well, we got to support the troops in other countries while we're killing other people in other countries. Then you can lock them. In, then you got to lock them into we got to lock people in cages because they're taking a, they're smoking a plant, you know, because it's a it's it's immoral to be smoking a plant to get high, you know. So we got to lock them in a cage because we got to fix them. And it's just I think it started with the abortion thing, honestly, because it reminds me of a conversation I think I've mentioned this before when Carl Rove worked for Reagan. And they sent Carl Rove a note saying, we're worried about losing the, the Christian right. And he said, don't worry. They have nowhere, nowhere else to go. And I think that's how the Republicans have locked them in. And, and the Republicans target evangelicals probably more than they do anybody else in this country as, as a voter block. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's just what I'm seeing. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to say something pretty similar to that. They're they're more it's more important to them, this uh, like conservative culture that they have and some sort of like enforcement of it than they are of liberty, of they are of Jesus. I mean, it's more important to them than Christianity. Christianity is just an aesthetic. That's something that they put in their background. Look, I've got a cross back here. I have a little fish sticker on the back of my car. I love Jesus. 
Well, it also it's the same conversation I've had with some Christian friends that they're mad at me because I'm not supporting wars anymore or or voting anymore because they they're like, well, if we get the right enough Christians in office and things will change. That's garbage. They don't seem to see the conflict at all. Like they they equate being a Christian to being pro-war. Absolutely. I used to. I know they do because I was one of them. I came from that. I mean, I was that guy that you just described, Abby, because we we are the good guys. It never dawned on me that being that that murdering people was not what Christ wanted us to do, you know. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like, man, somebody needs to study the psychology behind that because that it's like evil genius level stuff. It's taught in the churches. It's taught in the churches. Yeah. That's where I learned it, you know, from spending so much time in Southern Baptist churches. They're one of the worst about this is the Southern Baptist churches. Do you think they infiltrate it? It wouldn't surprise me. You know, you got like the Southern Baptist Convention where they all meet each other, I don't know, once a year or something, select themselves a president of the convention. And they all use the same thing all the time. It's, you know, it's, it's the same pro-military, pro-America, all this stuff. I don't have a problem with people loving their country. I had Somebody, I'll pick up my dad so much on the show, too. He's a, he's a Church of Christ preacher. But he told me, he goes, you know, we've had these conversations kind of similar. He's not so much like a Southern Baptist, obviously, but he, he said, I still love my country. I said, Dad, you can love your country. I said, that's not what we're railing against. We're not railing against the people of this country. We're railing against the system, against the, the government behind this country, the folks that are murdering people, the folks that are stealing people or stealing from people and probably stealing people, too. But you know what I'm saying? So you, when, you, and when you're supporting that kind of system, you're supporting theft, you're supporting murder. And Christians shouldn't be involved with it. I don't, that, this is where I'm at on it. Yeah. And I mean, I don't see any other way. I mean, I totally think the church was infiltrated um, because if you actually look at I was listening to some history podcast. I, I think it was Dangerous History with Prof. CJ. Uh, he's an ANCAP libertarian uh, dude that has a history podcast. It's fantastic, by the way. I love that podcast. Yeah, he's great. Um, and he was talking a little bit about the, I don't remember, but it was it was early America. And he was talking about the history of it. And he was talking about how the churches were really anti-state. They're like, our focus is Christ. Our focus is, is like God only, like church first. This country can kick rocks. And just how, like the church was definitely infiltrated, dude, and definitely turned nationalistic. And uh, it was a way to control the Christians. I don't know, though. I think I'm just thinking out loud. They were kind of set up for it because the underlying problem is like the desire for power and authority. And I think those early churches, early American churches, were setting themselves up as their own state. And it might have gotten to the point where I don't like they didn't have enough power just within their church and they needed to combine with the state in some way. But I think it does stem from that desire for power, which I think even without the state, you see a lot of that in the church. Well, think about where they came from, though, Abby, because you I mean, a lot of those early churches came from England, you know, prior to the revolution. And they were that's where they may have learned it from that, because that's basically how it was set up in England, too. Am I right? I mean, because they 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 were so entangled with the state in England that they were able to direct the state how they wanted them to, and I think that's what the church is what you're talking about, Abby. Early on, we're trying to do as well, right? A hundred percent. But see, a lot of the churches in in America were different because they had been persecuted by the state. 
by England, because if you weren't, you know, Episcopal or Catholic or whatever it was, you know, whoever was in charge at the time, uh, if you were like, what are those other sects? I don't remember. Like if you're uh, one of those Quakers or if you're one of those terrible uh, Amish. Yeah, yeah. If you're Amish, what's the ones that we make fun of that are like predestination people? What, what are they called? <laughs> you're you're going to get some hate mail. The Calvinist. The Calvinist. Yeah. If you're one of those dorks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love my Calvinist friends. <laughs> yeah, I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> we're, pick, we're just pick on you. Uh, but anyways, if you're one of those folks, uh, like the state was not your friend. And so they had a, like, especially the Amish realized that too. And they had a firm like we're we're separate well the Amish are very interesting too because I know, and we've talked about this some but that you know it's 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 all like an anabaptist background and they were getting they were getting murdered by lutherans they were getting murdered by calvinists um and then they they fled to this country and then instead of trying to operate the way they were over there they just kind of stuck their head in the ground and became Amish like they were so separate from everything there's a lot of Anabaptists in this country right now trying to get them out of that because they still feel like they should be engaged society like the early church did, but on the fringes. They really shouldn't. But on the fringes. No, I'm talking about like on the fringe, helping people on the fringes of society and not trying to work through the state. You know, that's one yeah. thing I do love about the Anabaptist tradition is they're not interested in that garbage for the most part. I mean, I think that the Amish got it right because, I, I mean, there's no way that you can really participate in like – pop culture or any you know without being corrupted in some way like well no but they're so secluded that they they will not help their fellow man you see what i'm saying they won't they won't really allow you into their community well yeah and i think also they have their own like extremely strict system of rules and like so that's oppressive in itself there's some really cool documentaries out there about the amish I, i went on a a rabbit hole down a rabbit hole with some Amish documentaries one night. Like I watched this one for hours and there's some just kind of watching how the, the history of it was really fascinating to me and how they, how they came about. And there's some interesting stuff. If you just, just look up on YouTube, some Amish documentaries, you'll find some really interesting stuff to, to listen to. Yeah. Wouldn't be, what I mean, I'm kind of fascinated by what is the history? Like how did they actually, form a community and because it's a radical way of living for sure. And you got different sects of them too, where they got, you know, you got some of the little really, really, really super conservative. And you got some that don't mind buying a bicycle. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. some, they, like they would think that a bicycle is something of this world. So they will not allow them to have bicycles. You know, they don't treat their women right either. I, I'll say that right now. They they really treat women like second-class citizens in these groups for the most part, and that's not something that Jesus ever talked about. And if you read, if you listen to some of the documentaries where they were, only men could speak in church, you know, and, it, and women basically just kind of, just like they just sit there with their head down, like they were terrified of being there. But, you know, some of those women believe in that stuff too. But I don't know, maybe it's just like church indoctrination like we see with public school indoctrination. You know, it's it's it's, yeah, the Southern Baptists believe a lot of that too. Yeah, they do. You're right. I mean, our our Muslim brothers and sisters have a lot of that going on too. And like, that's the thing is, if you talk to them, a lot of those ladies are like, "This that's how I want to live. I wear yeah. this because I want to wear it. I don't want to, you know." So, I mean, a lot of that is definitely cultural, and uh, you kind of got to let them live the way they want to live. But I, what's interesting is, like, the Amish they do give 
is, is that true? I think they, they do. They give their kids like a, give them like a two year break. They go like, yeah. you got to decide wh- what you want, how you want to live your life. And so like when they're like 16 to 18, something like that, they kick them out and they go, go experience the world. Go see if see what you like. Maybe some of them. I don't think, I don't know if all of them operate like that. Cause the, the one I was, the one I was watching, you know, there's a series of, of videos on it, but people were running away from it and they were going out to try and find them and bring them back. And they were like, Interesting. That sounds more like those, uh, like those, like Orthodox uh, Mormon cults. Yeah, they definitely they'll they'll send people after you and bring you back. They'll also kick out the like teenage boys, so they won't won't be competition. The teenage boys, yeah, because they want all the young girls for the old men. Yeah. So I want y'all to tell us a little bit about your podcast. You two can just kind of have the floor. Tell us, tell us about that because it's it's an interesting podcast. You go on a lot of different rabbit holes, man. I think it's cool. Like we kind of stick to a script here. We we'll, we'll branch off a little bit, but you're 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 all over here. But but I enjoy it because it's it's a there's some interesting conversations that you have on there. Well, I may or may not have ADHD. So I have a very hard time sticking to a script. Like I'll, I'll have a plan. Like we'll have a guest and we're like, all right, we're going to talk about this. And we talk about it for 10 minutes and then we're all over. And that's just kind of what happens. But I think that those conversations can be good because I think you can get like a topic, like, because like, let's say I'm trying to interview one person specifically. Right. And they're really good on this one topic. And every time you hear them, they talk about this topic and it's fantastic. Like we could even say Scott Horton, like, you know, what, but you know a Scott and Horton conversation, right? But if you have me talking to him and jabbering at him, I might be able to get a funny story out of him. I might be <laughs> able to get, you know what I mean? And so I've, I've done that a lot with some interesting guests where uh, I've gotten conversations out of people that uh, I get a different interview from 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 the specific <laughs> person because I'm just incapable of giving a good interview, I guess. But it's fun. Tony, like we started this how long have we been doing this, man? Are we almost a year now, huh? We started in the summer, I want to say, somewhere like, or like spring. Something like that. <laughs> I met Tony, we'd met at like a, an anarchist freedom festival up here in, uh, up in Washington, actually. And we just kind of clicked. And then um, I, I was like uh, offered to teach like a pig slaughtering class uh, to like a freedom cell network up there. And so I had killed a couple pigs. Tony was the only one to volunteer. Tony's like, yeah, man, I'll come and help. So Tony came with me. We killed a couple pigs. We drove them all the way up to Washington. We taught a, a pig slaughtering class, had this and that. And like the whole time me and Tony had like some crazy, weird, off the wall, interesting conversations. And uh, we just had a really good time. And I was like, man, we should start a podcast. And that's kind of history after that. Yeah, it's funny because I remember that pig slaughtering day. And there's a part of my mind that's going this guy's going to kill me and feed me to those pigs. <laughs> <laughs> like they're right there. <laughs> he has a gun. He has pigs like this. I'm, I'm gone. <laughs> I handed you a knife. It was a fair fight. You could have. <laughs> That's funny. So where can they find your podcast at? Right now you can find us anywhere. Really? I mean, we're on Google, Apple, Spotify. Um, we started, a YouTube channel for half a second because we had enough listeners bugging us about it. Within 24 hours, we had a video taken down and a first strike, which is a <laughs> lot of fun. Uh, so then we started an Odyssey account. So you can also find, uh, we started recently recording videos so you can see our pretty faces 
you want to hear us talk and see us talk at the same time, uh, we have an Odyssey account. So um, I'll send you a link if you want to add that in the show notes on that fun stuff. Um, well, your wife handles all the show notes stuff, so I'm sure she she could hook that up. So that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I also have like a little sort of media company ish. Like I can make people media. I help make people ads. Uh, I was helping a dude that was selling insurance. He wanted me to make him ads. So I started making him ads. I started working for a restaurant around here. I started making them ads. And uh, my wife does proofreading and she does uh, like, uh, like, what the heck do you call that? Like website auditing. And she can do uh, show notes for people as well. So that's kind of our little side hustle. <laughs> she she took that over for us as well, you know, and, and and it's been it's been great. It's been great. I, I it's it's relieved our producer of a little work too, so it helps. I don't know. It's pretty cool to watch everybody kind of get involved with it, and I appreciate her her work. And I should have mentioned that at the beginning as well. I, I am sorry, Abigail, that I did not mention your <laughs> your work on the show, and I do appreciate your your, your help and everything that you the time you put into because I know you just had a new baby, and I'm sure it's very time consuming as well. Yeah, our our little boy, he turned four months, two days ago. That dude is adorable, man. I, I got to tell you, I saw there was a picture of you holding him. I saw on Facebook. I guess your wife shared it, I think. And he had this little bow tie. Oh, yeah. He's got this big smile. And he's just it just looks like a happy little baby. I don't know if he's happy all the time. But in this photo, he looks very, very happy to be wearing a bow tie. We got lucky. He's a good one. So, I mean, the next one's probably going to be hard or something. That's usually how that works. Tony, you got anything else you want to add before I let y'all get out of here? You can find us on so you can find us on Instagram at Reality Czars Pod. You can find us on Twitter. We're pretty active on Twitter. Uh, and then I don't know. I mean, we started a Telegram group, but I think there's like 20 people in our group, something like that. But you can come and talk to us. Uh, we're pretty active. You can send us an email if you have questions. If uh, if you want to come and be a guest on our show and if you want to yell at me because i said something that offended you come on and go ahead uh so at reality czars what, what the heck is it reality czars pod at gmail.com you can shoot us an email man come yell at me i want to come on the show and yell at you <laughs> you're, you're always welcome craig <laughs> and abby as well all right guys i appreciate y'all's time and i will talk to y'all soon Thanks for joining us this week on the Bad Roman Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you find your podcasts to never miss an episode. And while you're at it, if you like what you heard, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, it really helps people find us. 100% of donations are given to local charities in Memphis, Tennessee. To learn more about the Bad Roman Project and to find show notes, please visit thebadroman.com.